Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. Hello and welcome to round 32 of the Sporty Song Boxing Podcast with myself, Alex LeBox, and of course, Rob Boxing Shrew. Rob, how are you on this fantastic week of boxing? Hi, mate. I'm Rob and I love boxing. Yeah, yeah. it's a great enthusiastic <laughs> start, Rob. Let, let's get the elephant um, out of the room. We said we wasn't going to talk about it, but... Um, you know, we're all a bit deflated with boxing at the moment because of the announcement of Tyson Fury versus Francis and Ganu. Um, we're not going to drag it out, Rob, are we? But it, in my mind, it's not really boxing, is it? Um, so it's a bit of a poor start to the podcast. But um, what's your very small opinion on it? I don't have a small opinion on it, mate, but I'll I'll, I'll shrink it if it needs to be <laughs> put out that way. Um, I just think it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um number of reasons, really, you know, Fury, you can't really blame him. He's taking the dough and he's getting he's getting away with it. Um, WBC, just disgraceful that they're sanctioning and allowing him to do this after only fighting Derek Chisora in 18 months. Um, and again, that was a needless fight. But saying that, the Chisora fight will turn out to have been more competitive than this one. Um, I mean, Frank Warren's calling it a war. I mean, it's a war against boxing. Um I really think so. It's just, you know, the fights he sabotaged and now we're faced with this. Um, you know, Frank, Dev, I, I get it. They've got jobs to do, but they're selling it and it's it stinks, mate. I, I could say so much more. I've got to be careful, but like, it, yeah, it just fucking stinks. I, do you know what, Rob? I, I actually think you've hit the nail on, on the head and don't worry, Sport the Song and Listens, we are going to be going into detail about the recent heavyweight fights that have been made um but i i, I think on that in that respect rob you, you've hit the nail on the head yes frank warren dev sarney you've got a, a fight to sell it's no problem um it's a boxing ufc crossover fight in my opinion um it shouldn't be uh, a sanctioned fight with the wbc it makes a mockery of boxing. It makes a mockery of that sanctioning belt. And uh, for my mind, and I, I know we've spoken about this off air, if the WBC step back, we make this fight an exhibition fight, then people can go away or into the sunset and make as much money as they want. It's not a problem. But I think what we're sort of more angled towards is the sort of disrespect it shows to the sport of boxing. Um, and, and look, I mean, the other day, he was on. Um, I saw ben, I, I mute Fury, so um, I saw it on Benson's thing, laughing at Usyk for taking his mandatory. I was like, are "You fucking sure?" Like Alexander Usyk is the epitome of a world champion. Like he takes his mandatories, he behaves like so humbly. Um, he doesn't contradict himself, and you know, if Usyk had done this, Frank Warren wouldn't be on Talk Sport selling it and, and saying, "Oh, it's great, it's going to be a war." It'd be if he, if Usyk was fighting John Jones, for instance. They'd be they'd be slating it. I just yeah, it's um, 
I mean, we'll go into sort of a narrative of belts and stuff in a minute on the other heavyweight fights, but that's kind of all I want to speak about it, really, because I'll be honest, yesterday I was furious. Yeah. But listen, pardon Rob, the pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, listen, Rob, we, we, we've aired it on the podcast. Um, um, we said we wouldn't, but I, I think it's a good way to start and just get that elephant out of the room. It pushes us nicely, Rob. It's a nice touch to push us onto that uh, fight between Oleksandr Usyk and Daniel Dubois in Poland. It's a great setting. I've seen the football stadium today. Um, I saw it on Instagram. I saw Daniel Dubois standing out on the pitch. And it, it, it was quite a nice moment to see um, a boxer who's reached this, this sort of height in boxing. It's a massive fight for Daniel Dubois. I think he should be very proud. Um, what do we feel his chances are against this this new heavyweight in Alexander Usyk, Rob? Um, slim, let's be honest. Um, Usyk is unbelievable. Um, yeah, Dubois, again, the narrative is he's got a puncher's chance, but um, does he punch as hard as Anthony Joshua? Um, is he as good a boxer as Anthony Joshua? Probably not. And Joshua probably won five or six rounds out of 24. So just comparing those two fights, um, Usyk is an elite heavyweight, like... You know, you saw him stacked up. Yes, um, Dubois was a little bit taller than him, but Usyk didn't look that small. Um, I, I, I'd be blown away if if Dubois came away with um, even remotely close to a, even if it was a close loss. I'd be surprised. Um, fantastic opportunity for him. I never begrudge a British fighter getting a world title shot. He's he's mandatory. Usyk took his mandatory. Um, yeah, love it. Um, and I actually don't mind a fight. I think. Quite a few people have slagged it, saying, why is Dubois? Well, have a look at the rankings and, and how mandatories work, and you'll find out why. So um, props to both. Um, it's quite respectful in the build-up as well. There was no need for any trash. Um, I like it. Um, I just I just see Usyk um, winning wide. But, um, yeah, I, I like if Daniel Dubois does it. Wow, it would be unbelievable. I absolutely agree with you, Rob. Um, just to touch on a few points you mentioned there. First and foremost, I love the fight as much as... You've just said as well. I think I think it's a it's a great fight for boxing. Like you said, it, it's that mandatory opposition for Usyk, which I always I, I think it's worthy to watch those types of fights. You know, if someone's fought their way into contention, you know how better to do it. Um, touching on Usyk, now there was a lot of talk about Usyk. Is he big enough to to mix it in this heavyweight division? Now, the face to face with Dubois, I liked the look of Usyk. I thought he looked big. I, I think he's he's naturally grown into a sort of heavyweight body, if that makes sense. Sense um, the Josh the Joshua fights have sort of geared him up for it. He's put on a nice bit of weight. He, he's I think he's looking very good as a heavyweight now. Whereas when if we go back to those Joshua fights, I think there were elements of Usyk where you looked at him and thought he looked a bit lighter didn't he um it might have been because of joshua's frame because he is um slightly bigger bigger than dubois but um i think it looks like he belongs in in the division in this fight and i think we're going to see i think we're going to see a different usik to what we saw against joshua i think we're going to see a dominant usik i think we're going to see more of his boxing skills and i think he's going to be a bit more spiteful rob i think um i think dubois um, going to give him a lot more opportunity to not only showcase but also show that he can dominate fights in the heavyweight division. Spot on, mate. Um, I actually have Usyk stopping him. Um, just through the concentration that you have to have to stick with Usyk for so long. I mean, 
look at the the fighters. Yes, he didn't stop them, but um, I, I know he stopped Bellew at cruiserweight, but Bellew was fucked, and it was because he was having to concentrate at the absolute maximum and just to stick with him. Um, yeah. Similar to Joshua, really. Certainly in the first fight. I mean, Joshua was, you know, he's a fit guy, but he was done by round twelve, and and Usyk didn't batter him. You know, he just he just outworked him um closing him down you just have to be so switched on and and i don't think dubois has got that in him i mean you know look what joe joyce did to daniel dubois after a while um and Usyk is you know with respect to joe joyce he's he's next level at the minute so absolutely um, yeah, yeah i mean he's just got to be so i just think that he'll tire him out mentally more than physically and um maybe take him out later on yeah and um you, you just put a great picture in my head of Usyk. Um, in his corner and I can't remember what round it was it might have been as late as round um, sort of eight or nine and he, he looked at his trainer and he said should we go now should we do it and what How I remember scary was, is that? yeah yeah and and I remember his trainer said yeah let's do it and, he, and I remember those rounds against Joshua which we, which I could watch back a hundred times where we just literally stuck it on him for about two or three rounds and Joshua didn't know what to do with himself but um, just touching back of uh, going back at one stage um, I mentioned about Usyk arriving at this weight um, and yeah, I just want to add once more, you know, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see Usyk almost sort of arrive as a heavyweight in this fight. I think he's going to look good. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of um, opinion changes on what Usyk can achieve in this sport, because at the moment people are saying, oh, you know, he's not a household name. Oh, he's not going to be able to cut it when he gets in with the bigger guys. I think this fight sets him up nicely to become potentially one of the pound for pound best fighters we may have ever seen. Um, I think the heavyweight division's got that ability to push him towards that status. And um, I think, I think we could see a really good display from him. If we want to touch on Daniel Dubois, everyone keeps talking about this puncher's chance, Rob. Um, it's, 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 it's a, a throwaway nasty, comment that's yeah, used but, when, when, God, sorry. For me, it's almost like saying, I'm going to go and buy a national lottery ticket tonight. I could win the national lottery, you know, yeah. but what are the chances of it? You know, yes, every boxer that gets into the ring, we, we, we sort of haphazardly say they've got a puncher's chance, which is true. But you're fighting Usyk, you know, we, we, we've uh -huh. seen him under the cosh. We've seen him take shots. He's got a great chin on him. I just don't see this puncher's chance arriving yeah. from nowhere. What I think we I might see... Um, just before you go, Rob, what I think we might see is determination and courage from Dubois, and he might pick up one or two rounds. Yeah, if he, if he I consider him to have done well if he does. Um, yeah. This puncher's chance thing, and you know Frank Warren saying he's going to knock him the fuck out. They're just throwaway comments when their guy isn't the favourite to win a fight. Like, it's, and I'm not talking about just just Queensbury. I'm talking about in general when anyone's got a puncher's chance, it's it's usually because the the cards are against them, and um, it's just a throwaway comment. If Frank Warren was promoting um, that, uh, Alexander Usyk, he wouldn't be worried that Dubois is going to knock him out. No. Absolutely not. So, in my opinion. Um, I feel like I'm bashing Queensbury tonight. I'm really not because <laughs> their, their calendar is as good as anything out there at the minute. It's probably the best calendar out there right now, and Ke uh, yeah. especially you know with TNT and stuff. But um, yeah, next. <laughs> well, can, can we just say we are not Queensbury bashers? Is you know if you put your neck out <laughs> on your on the line in the media, you know we're a boxing podcast. We're going to talk about it, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, our utmost respect for 
um, Frank Warren and Dev Sarni as well, I might add. Um, Rob, there's plenty of movement in the heavyweight division. Later on in the podcast, I want to touch on the not so much movement in the domestic heavyweight um, arena. But um, another fight which has been made is Zheli uh, Zhang uh, versus Joe Joyce 2. Um, what do we make of this fight, Rob, the rematch? I, I think, um, I know we're going to go into Joshua in a minute, but I think um, of the three, um, this is probably the most um, intriguing of the three for me. Right. Um, do you want me to elaborate on that? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and, and then once you've elaborated, I'll come on to uh, my point. I think it will set it up nicely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's a big question. Um, but obviously, Joe Joyce got the, the eye injury, which was, you know, imposed on him by, by Zhang. Um, if, and again, if, because he, he did it through punches, but um, if he hadn't have sustained that injury, he may have tired Zhang, he, the engine may have come through and he, he may have won it on points but I've said if a lot there um, mm. Joe Joyce can change a lot of things but he can't change his defence so quickly in an immediate rematch, I mean for me his defence is, his first line of defence is his face, um, which is not good when you go in against a big puncher like Zhang, um, which was probably the first big puncher within the top 10 that, that Joyce has, has fought and, it, and it's not worked out Um Again, not to go anti-Queensbury here, but I um, I struggle to see um, revenge. I, I, I do see repeat, but um, God, I want Joe Joyce to win this because I'd if Joe Joyce goes his career without getting a world title shot, I'd, I'd be so disappointed. Yeah, absolutely agree. And um, t- touching on that, Rob, I, I saved my my point there. Um, having been at the the last fight, Shidi um, Zhang is a formidable. Guy. He's an imposing boxer. He certainly stands up to um, to Joe Joyce, who equally is is a huge, huge guy. But for me, it, it's just got repeat, repeat, repeat written all over it. And the, the reason for that, I've got a good reason to back this up, is um, Zhang Zhang's attributes and how he boxes with that southpaw south stance. He moves his head quite well for a big guy. It goes against everything that Joe Joyce hasn't got you know joe Uh joyce joe joyce doesn't have speed i think that's one of the main attributes uh linked to joe joyce is he just doesn't have speed he's not quick in the ring yes he's got power but if he catches zhang he hasn't got the ability to to back it up with flurries and push him up and get him into a corner which i think is the way you beat zhang you beat zhang with speed you know you sort of you outwork him and you you sort of get him into a situation where um, he's being almost sort of pepper potted, you know, and, yeah. and he can't do his work. Joyce isn't going to be able to do that because he hasn't got the speed to keep Zhang backed up. Um, and I think that's a problem for for Joyce. And I think I, I'm not sure how you, you know, sort of work that one out, that puzzle out. I'm not sure how you go back to the gym and say, you know, we're going to we're going to work this this Zhang puzzle out, you know. As we've seen with Zhang as well, he's an, an Olympian, isn't he? Um, he boxed yeah. at the Olympics. He knows his, his way around the boxing ring. He was almost smiling at Joyce when he was getting tagged by him. And a few it was times, quite sadistic, wasn't yeah, it? a few times he got hit by it. And, and you know, Zhang's laughing at him, like to say, like, come on, let's have more. Yeah. So um, for me, it's repeat. Um, like you touched on, Rob, I've got, you know, nothing more than to see um, Joe Joyce win. Um, I think it would be amazing, but I, I, I just can't see it. I think Zhang's up for it as well. 
Um, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, um, he's happy to you, go again. Do you think that Joe Joyce should maybe come back in a bit bigger? Because um, he looked... As he looked fantastic, didn't he, um, in the build-up to the last fight, but he did look leaner. And um, at the time, it's very easy to sit there and say, oh, he looks fantastic, he looks lean. Um, maybe that was to his detriment a little bit. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm clutching at straws a little bit, but um, he, he did look extremely lean compared to previous fights. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes in, even if it's sort of half a stone to a stone over, over last time. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. I hope he does it because... I want to see him get his uh, his title shot. He's he's come into the pro game relatively late because he stuck around uh, for the Olympics. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're on we're all on the Joe Joyce train now, I believe. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. And um, touching what you yeah the juggernaut exactly. T touching on what you what you said, uh, Rob, is um, you know in in terms of Joyce coming in bigger or if he comes in um, a similar sort of lean weight. I, I'm not sure it's going to make too much of a difference. And like you said, you, you know, we're, we're sort of clutching at, yeah. at straws here, but um, he's not going to beat Shili Zhang on points, is he? He's not going to go in there and outpoint Zhang. So if that depends, if he gets tired. Yeah. But I, I personally think if that's a tactic you want to go down, you want to blast him out of there. Um, then why not come in heavier? You know, if you can impose yourself on Zhang a bit more, I think it's it it could work. It could be attacked because I I I honestly can't see him outpointing him, Rob. Um, and and that boils back to see. I don't see him stopping him. Yeah. Well, there we go. That that is the puzzle. <laughs> that that is the puzzle of of Zhang. Um, it's going to be a good fight. I I I think it's like you said uh, at the beginning, Rob. It's got intrigue to it. Um, and and it's got enough there for people to be up for what is going to be another great heavyweight fight. But uh, it's whether or not Joyce Where's can. Where's it? Is it Wembley? I think it might be at Wembley, but it, oh, it's okay. it's whether or not he can work that 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 Zhang puzzle out, isn't it? So uh, yeah. it will be intriguing. Yeah. Now, listen, Sport de Song listeners, uh, tonight on the podcast we are going to be welcomed by Troy Williamson as he looks to get back into the ring on the fifteenth of July on the Jesh, uh, <laughs> Jesh? Josh uh, <laughs> Kelly um, card, and that's Josh Kelly. He's fighting against Corzo, isn't he? Which is um, yeah. a fight we're going to talk about later on that's coming up later in it on in the podcast um rob there's a big domestic heavyweight uh coming up um do you want to announce what it is and what you feel the fight means um yeah big big crossroads fight um joshua white too um felt like a long time coming there was a lot of back and forth about rematch clauses and um a lot of a lot of bollocks to be honest, but um, yeah, it's finally over the line. The press conference was this week. It was a uh, it was pretty good. A few good sound bites, but pretty respectful overall. Which I I thought it might have been a bit bit feisty than that, given the the history. Um, yeah, just just um, I the big question for me is where the loser goes. I think the the winner, you know, is is, is in line um, for for a shot again soon. You'd imagine, um, or certainly another a big fight. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's probably as tough. It's probably tougher to call than the first fight. Um, yes, White beat him in the amateurs, but it's a different sport. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I've clearly got Joshua. <laughs> um, I just think that they've both improved massively since 2015. They've both obviously Joshua went on to do what he did. Um, White went on an amazing run, um, trying to keep that number one spot while he was waiting for his shot. Lost to Povetkin, um, got that um, W back. And, you know, he'd he come up 
pretty pretty short against Tyson Fury, which is no disgrace. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be really exciting. I don't think it will be boring. I, I think the first fight was um, was very good, and they're both extremely raw. Um, now they've both got a bit more quality, and that that needle is still there. So um, I think Joshua. I don't think what stoppage maybe. I, I think Joshua will win on points. Yeah, and I I just want to say you know um, it is it's boxing in the UK and there's only one name that props that sort of mantra up and that is AJ, isn't it? Anthony Joshua. I mean, he's been such a a sort of um, you know mainstay. Like, um, yeah, a, a, a mainstay for UK boxing. He he is a boxer that we all celebrate. I think he came across. Um, you mentioned the press conference. I think Joshua came across really really well i think he was level-headed um i think it sounds like he's really enjoying himself training out in dallas um you know um he's obviously got a great trainer out there he's also got all of those names in that boxing gym and you know amazing he he said a few things that i thought wow this sounds like a like an almost like a healed joshua you know He, he he was saying you know he used to train on his own a lot. He thought that was the way to go. But he's now in a boxing gym. He's he's enjoying it. Um, he's having a lot of fun. Um, and, and he seemed very relaxed. And um, I, th- I think that, that that's that's a dangerous uh, sort of prospect for the heavyweight division. If you've got a happy boy, Joshua, enjoying his boxing, I think that that's, that's something to cling on to for him, I think. Um, it, it was a bit subdued. I, I, I was expecting or, or I was hoping that there would be this you know, a bit of an act from Dillian White, a bit of a bad guy who wants to come in and, you know, the bad blood, but it's just not there, is it? You, you Sometimes you can't force those things. And I thought White had the sort of air of a Chisora about him. You Very know, that much sort of, so, that, yeah. that, do, do you know, like, how Chisora has been over the last couple of years? Like, you know, oh, I don't give a fuck, man. I'll just... A little I, bit bitter as well. A little bit bitter. And and what what I think is that that youthful belief that white used to have that he was still gonna make it and grab these belts and he was still going to be champion of the world i think the pulev uppercut sort of smashed that out the perfect oh sorry perfecting up perfecting uppercut sort of just smashed that out of him and I, i i think he's um he casts this sort of this figure who's just, you know, yes, he wants to get a bit of money. He'll go in there and f- swing a few wild punches, but he doesn't truly believe he's going to win. And I and I, I get that air about it. It's got that sort of, yeah, sort of, you know, Eddie Hearn letting down a sort of balloon in the conference room sort of feel to it. <laughs> you know, like we, we, we all want this big summer... AJ White blockbuster and it will happen you know I think eventually it's sold out already isn't it? yeah it's sold out already I think eventually there'll be a little bit of needle in there I think they'll have to ramp the gears up on that uh, and, and like you like we all know come fight night it'll be electric and it'll be an event won't it we, we've sort of come to sort of know that with AJ but the conference didn't let off a lot of great energy I felt but maybe it'll come yeah yeah, I think so, especially fight week. Um, Dillian can't help himself. Can he? Um, I think like there is an underlying respect there as well. You know, they have they have fought together. Um, they've both given each other props over the last six, seven years when uh, when AJ was champion and when and when White was um, you know trying to come through. Joshua was behind him, so there is respect there. But I don't I, I don't think they'll ever sit around a dinner table and you know exchange gifts. But I think 
I think there is that's that's why it was so much more subdued this time. Um, <laughs> did you see what Dillian said to Eddie? What did he say? Because um, obviously they were both training in America. Um, White was in Florida, and um, as as you mentioned, Joshua was in Dallas. And um, when Eddie was in America, he stopped off in Dallas to, oh, to see yeah. AJ. He said, "Well, yeah, you yeah. didn't come to see me." And he said, <laughs> "He said, what do AJ's balls taste like?" <laughs> oh yeah, no. I and then Eddie Eddie goes, "You'll find out on August the twelfth, maybe." <laughs> oh no, no, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> that that was that was the highlight, really. But um. Uh, yeah, they both had a lot to say about the current heavyweight equation. Um, I wish that that press conference had been done after the Fury fight had been announced. That would have been interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good fight. Um, who have you got? You didn't say who you got. Um, I, I, do you know, actually, um, looking at AJ at the press conference, like I was just mentioning earlier, relaxed, he's around um, sort of winners in, in that Dallas Dallas gym um, I think the relationship, his trainer's name, what was his name again? Um, uh, Derek James. Derek James, sorry. Uh, Derek James, as we well know, is a fantastic trainer. Um, I, I, I think we were seeing in Usyk, um, Joshua too, we were seeing a little bit more of the old AJ. Like we said, yeah. we've mentioned many a times on the podcast, it, um, he's not really letting those hands go. I think we're going to see that um, a little bit more in this fight. Maybe not as we expected um, for AJ to, to be, you know, but um, I think we're going to see a little bit more spite from AJ. And I think he gets the stoppage in this fight. It'll be late. I think he'll get a late stoppage. Um, I, it's going to be an all bar storming sort of swinging of arms, isn't it? But um, Argument for White? No, I don't. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I had an argument for White um, against Tyson Fury and that, that mm. backfired. Um, and looking at, Dillian White in the press conference, like I mentioned earlier, he's got that Chisora sort of vibe, you know, where he's almost, almost. He, he almost seems like, you know, come on, let's just get this thing done. Let's get the money. You know, I, I, I don't have an argument for Dillian White. I think AJ either stops him late or he wins on points. I think the only argument for White is um, since their last fight, Joshua has shown serious vulnerabilities when he gets caught. Um, and White is quite unpredictable. Um, you know, he swings from weird angles, head down, just swinging away. Um, I think Joshua's got enough to deal with that. But uh, yeah, that would that would be my my very low key, low percentage uh, point for for White. But yeah, I, I think we're both with AJ on this one. Yeah, listen, Rob, we've we've been agreeing a lot on the podcast uh, this this episode. We we need to get a bit of. Uh contention going in or a bit of um, controversy I but um, I don't like all... it <laughs> no I don't like it either it doesn't feel right but um, listen um, Sport to Song listeners like we said earlier we are going to be having a chat later on with Troy Williamson yes Troy Williamson back in a boxing ring is a good thing to see Rob isn't it um, yeah. in that division the super welterweight um, division as well we're also going to touch on uh, some women's boxing as well. We've got some fantastic new champions, undisputed champions, I should say, um, in, in the UK at the moment. We're going to touch on that. And also, Rob, we've been very busy on Twitter as usual. and We've, we've done a, a great poll looking at um, trilogy fights, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we've had some. Um, so many people have come back on their favourite trilogies, not necessarily because they were best quality at times, but because of their most iconic ones. Um, obviously, we'll discuss our own as well, which uh, will probably match up with some of the answers. But um, yeah, thank you to everyone uh, who came back on that. Yeah, and we'll be coming up um, 
with those polls and discussions later on in the podcast. Rob, any other fights we want to touch on before we move on and chat about um, the recent uh, boxing in women's boxing? No, let's do it. Okay, let's go. Um, Savannah Marshall. Where better place to start than Savannah Marshall? She's now the undisputed super middleweight champion. She beat Franchon Cruz de Zern. I think I've said that right. um, Yeah, bang on. Um, And... um, yeah, majority decision. She's now the WBC, WBA, IBF and WBO undisputed champion. What what do we make of this? First and foremost, congratulations to, to Savannah Marshall. It's good to see, isn't it? Yeah, like even when you just said that, like it's just it does make me smile. Like, um, you know, she come up short against Clarissa. No, oh, can't even say it, Clarissa Shields. But um, you know, there was no disgrace in that. It was a good fight. It was probably quite a close fight, really looking back. But. Um, yeah, this was a very, very different sort of fight. Um, the quality wasn't there. I mean, with with respect to, to Cruz de Zern, yes, she was undisputed, but um, not a patch skill-wise on, on Clarissa. And I think she dragged Savannah into her kind of sort of dogfight a little bit. Um, and we're, again, I, I don't like using this term very often, but sort of dragging her down to a level a little bit. Um, yeah. I thought Savannah was superior um, in most areas. Um well, I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're perfectly right, Rob. And um, I, th- I think we saw uh, Cruz does, um, yeah, like like you mentioned, pull um, Savannah Marshall into like a dog fight. It was a doggy mixed up fight. You couldn't really call rounds. And it, it was mm. looking very dangerous for Savannah Marshall because I think watching the fight, you almost felt this is going to slip away from her because it was very hard to to judge wasn't it you know you you, you were coming yeah. to the ends of rounds and you're thinking you could have given it either way because mm. you've got that savannah marshall was coming in with her head up she was pushing out the jab but cruz de zone was just swinging around and catching her mm. and uh, you just thought to yourself please savannah screw your head on for a couple of rounds and just win you know a few clear rounds and she did that didn't she she sort of yeah. she sort of she shone through with the tidier and that cleaner boxing, and that eventually got her the win. Yeah. My my question is, you know, like Clarissa Shields, she said a lot from ringside. Fucking hell. <laughs> An awful Honestly, lot from I, ringside. I can still hear her now. Like, it's know. literally, you know, when you walk out of a club and you get that ringing in your ears. Yeah, but she, she said an awful lot from ringside. But one thing she did say, which I think um, sort of stuck quite well, was that, you know, she hasn't learned from from my fight she's just she, she's done the same tact she's gone in there and I, I don't know whether that holds weight or not but you can sort of see where she's coming from there you know she, she pulled through against crew Zern, but you know if this rematch occurs with Clarissa Shields she really needs to sort of change her sort of style almost doesn't she or certainly her tactics in the boxing ring I think, I think so. Um, again, just like on the fight, though, she was getting dragged down into into um, Franchon's fight. I mean, um, Clarissa was bleating from ringside all the way through um, that uh, she's holding ref, she's holding ref, uh, referring to Savannah. And I thought, are you fucking blind? Like, the Franchon um, was grabbing Savannah every opportunity when whenever um, Savannah was trying to work inside. So, um, yeah, it's a completely different fight. It, it really was. Um I don't think she beats Clarissa Shields in a rematch. Um, and if she's going up to, um, sorry, if Clarissa's going up to super middle, then she's going to become two-time undisputed at two different weights at the same time, in my wow. opinion. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just such a shame that, that that you've got these girls who are 
um, you know, they are elite fight women, um, female fighters. Um, but there's just we say about the depth in women's boxing, but it, it's so much clearer at the bigger weights. Um, yeah. You know, Serrano, Taylor, they can go, um, Chantel Cameron, Michaela Mayer, Baron Gardner, they, they can all fleet up and down weights, no problem, uh, and fight each other. Whereas who else could um, Savannah or um, Clarissa fight now, bar Tasha Jonas? who seems to be flowing between the, the middle to, to bit, you know, yeah. bigger weights. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's talk about, um, uh, green, isn't there? Um, yeah. I can't think of her. Well, she's, um, she's mandatory for, for Savannah next. So. Yeah. Um, there's talk about green, but is Clarissa shield still the fight for Marshall? And what the reason why I say that Rob is, um, you know, with Savannah Marshall's got this dream of fighting at St. James's park, um, Clarissa Shields, Shields wants to drag her across to the US. The, the, the contention here, and I hate talking about this. We had a great chat about women's boxing with Beck Connolly on the last podcast. And it was so, it's full of such promise and optimism for women's boxing, which is still there very much so. But it's taking this fight out to America with Clarissa Shields. Does it does it sell as well as it does in the UK? That's that. And, and I, I know I hate talking about selling and boxing, but you've got to create these atmospheres haven't you and also the boxers want to be paid well don't they um i it's a funny one isn't it because savannah marshall will not sell out st james's park like i'm happy to say that like josh kelly wouldn't sell out sunderland you know but i could say that about a lot of fighters they won't sell out these big stadiums um and that, I, and i mean that in the nicest possible way so that's just not going to happen um should the fight be in america as much as i don't like to say it yes um Clarissa came over here. Remember, she came over twice. She came over when, uh, unfortunately, it was postponed when the Queen passed away. Yeah. Um, came back over again, did the job. Um, so she has every right now to to have a return in America. The problem is Clarissa Shields doesn't sell out arenas in America. Um, they she fought. Um, she, was it Michigan? I think it was in Michigan. She she fought and. Um, that she didn't fill the arena and, and I, I could see like, like big blocks of empty seats and I'm not, not slagging Clarissa. She just didn't have the appeal. Um, and she was coming back as undisputed in her hometown. Um, yeah. Maybe against Savannah, they'd sell more because there's that needle there. Um, and you said, does Savannah need the Shields fight? I would argue that they need each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and we are seeing that a lot more in women's boxing, aren't we? We're, we're seeing these boxers almost, needing each other to sort of not only attract um like, like the crowd and the audience but also like a, a, a decent payday you know um yeah. for, the, for these boxers and um I, I think like you said uh clarissa shields coming over to the uk uh to watch this fight you know was was an investment wasn't it you know because yeah, she's thinking to definitely. herself let's get my my face out there let's get um, my voice <laughs> yeah you hear my voice let's get clarissa shields savannah marshall too and it, it's a fight i think um you know it sells out an arena in the UK, but the, the question is, would it sell out in, in America? And it's a big question to ask. And it, it's not, it's by no means um, knocking women's boxing. It, it's it's just a reality, isn't it? That's well, they sold thing. out the O2. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they sold out the O2. To sell out the O2, there's been um, many fighters who've not sold out the O2. Great fighters. Um, Lomachenko came over and didn't sell out the O2. There was a few yeah. left. So, yeah. That's a good point. Um, we, we spoke about her a little bit earlier, Natasha Jonas has now become a two-weight world champion, defeating Candy Wyatt in an eighth-round stoppage, Rob. Um, 
is there anything that Natasha Jonas isn't going to achieve in boxing? Because it's um, <laughs> her, her story's quite miraculous, isn't it? If we go back, yeah, I... pro- probably two years ago, you know, we're looking at Natasha yeah. Jonas sort of, I'm not going to say on the stockpile, but it's almost sort of wondering where she's going to go. And then suddenly yeah. we've got this revival. We spoke about it last year. I think she was your fighter of the year. Quote me if I'm yeah. wrong. Um, and this, this steam train, um, you know, the Gallagher gym, Joe Gallagher's um, obviously training her. It's just, it's continuing, isn't it? And it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? Very much so. Um and I think I, I said when I did give her my uh, fighter of a year, you know, I think we thought that the day may never come that she'd win a world title. You know, um, you know, she'd uh, she'd come up short um, to, with Katie Taylor. Um, she'd uh, she had a very close fight with Terry Harper at fight camp, which could have gone either way and was given a draw. Um, so and then the run that she went on to win three separate belts in three separate fights to become well unified at, at, at light well um sorry uh light middleweight one belt away which terry harper holds and and now she's dropped down and picked up another um you know two weight i mean 18 months ago not in their wildest dreams which she have i mean she may have you know privately hoped but no one would have seen this coming um but she's looked good doing it as well. She's like these bigger weights have definitely benefited her and the power. I mean, this can't candy. Why I was really surprised it went eight rounds because she nearly took her out like in about 30 seconds in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was a fantastic um, victory. And, and like you said, Rob, a, a great uh, performance for Natasha Jonas. I, th- I think last week, um, one of the key moments when we spoke, speaking to Beck uh, Connolly was that she, she found herself, you know, in, in a situation where she was facing Natasha Jonas and the task dawned on her when she looked across the ring and thought, you know, shit. And uh, I, I think Natasha Jonas is, is you know, has, has been one of um, Britain's and the world's most talented um, women's boxers. And, it, and it's just fantastic to see that come to fruition. And, you know, hopefully, I'm not sure how old she is now, but hopefully that's going to carry on for a, a good few more years and we can see her maybe pushing in to fight you know, these heavier weights, is that something that could happen? Uh, well, it depends what she wants to do because um, she can either, I mean, if they can somehow get the Terry Harper fight over the line, that would be for Undisputed, um, which would be amazing. Uh, that would actually be a rematch of a fight that happened three divisions below as well. Um, so it's um, it's testament to the women's game that they're going up and down the divisions to pick up belts. Um could she go for undisputed at welterweight now? Now she's got um, a belt there. I mean, you've got Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill. Um, you know, they're going to be fighting soon. She might want the winner of that. Uh, Lauren Price was ringside as well. I mean, Lauren Price is world title ready. Yeah. In my opinion, British, from her debut. British um, champ as well. British champ. Pardon? She's British champ as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something to bring to the party, isn't it? So, yeah. um, and so, so talented. Um, I mean, is Tasha Jonas be Lauren Price right now? Who have you got? Oh, wow. It's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you'd have to side with uh, Natasha Jonas out of, um, out of experience uh, and sort of being in there um, more time, but you, you, you would never write off Lauren Price because she's just a, uh, She's one of my favourite boxers to watch. Mine too. I think she, she, she's just a great boxer to watch. And um, I, I certainly wouldn't write Lauren Price 
price off. I mean, you, you'd have to slightly favour Natasha Jonas just based on her achievements in the ring. But uh, yeah. I, you, I think you're looking at a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> Which is mad to say, but um, I, I think it would be a, a fantastic fight. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, do too. Um, and then again, Sandy, I actually personally think Tasha Jonas would beat Sandy Ryan and McCaskill. Um, but the Lauren Price fight is so intriguing um, just because just because of how talented Price is. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, just... ta obviously Tasha is, but we've seen that, you know, we've seen that at world level now, uh, but we haven't seen it yet with um, Lauren. Um, Olympic gold medalist against Miss GB. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, there's your poster. There's your poster. Now, listen, it was it, a, a little bit of... Um... Something I noticed, Candy Wyatt had been in with a few um, sort of uh, similar opponents over the years. She's uh, she's been in with, um, I think she had been in with Lauren Price. No, Kirsty um, Bavington, who fought yeah. on on the weekend, and sadly she lost, didn't she? Uh, yeah, she lost Hunter. the rematch, didn't she? Uh, but um, Bavo has been in with uh, Candy Wyatt who fought um, on the weekend, and Lauren Price as well. So uh, yeah. just, just an interesting fact there. I didn't realise that she had um, fought those, but it was... Um, yeah, I think in the last um, last two or three fights as well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, interesting uh, observation there from myself. Rob, anything else from the women's game we picked up on? Uh, um, just quickly on Franchon Cruz de Zern. Who the hell sings their own national anthem when they're defending their undisputed title? I, I couldn't rate that high enough. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. And she was good. It? She was yeah. really good. And she was good. And, and, and again, touching on Cruz Dazone, as you say it, um, Rob, you know, she was she was fantastic, uh, not only in the build up to the fight. What a great character she was um, in the ring. She put on a fantastic performance. You know, she really pushed uh, Savannah Marshall, made her think in the ring. But after the fight as yeah, well, she yeah. she she hung around. She was gracious in defeat. Um, photos. Yeah, the photos. It It's fantastic to see. We're seeing. So, so much positives from women's boxing, aren't we? You know, that yeah. the top boxers are getting in fighting each other. Um, yeah. it, it, it's great to see, and long may that continue. Um, Rob, anything else before we push on and toy, uh, toy, talk to Troy Williamson about his upcoming fight at Super Welter? Um, no, no, um, oh, just Ben Whitaker. Um, Ben Whitaker, the later, latest edition of Ben Whitaker taking the piss. Um, it, it's, it's so annoying to see someone so talented. Like, I feel like a broken record. Take the piss out of someone who shouldn't be in the ring with him. Um, but I think sooner rather than later, they'll start stepping him up. And um, I think he's going to have to rein that in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah just um, potentially a generational talent. Um, one that I think will be people will be on the fence with throughout his career. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see Ben Whitaker um, not... I don't want to see Ben Whitaker be in deep waters. I, I, I don't sort of mean that. I, I think no, no. I, I, I think he's his style. Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll find himself. I think he's going to be quite an evasive boxer. But I, I am really looking forward to seeing the best of Ben Whitaker. And yeah. what I mean, and what I mean by that is, you know, really seeing him concentrating on the boxing, having to use his defensive skills that he's clearly got. And really watching him flourish in the division. I think at the moment we're we're seeing a Ben Whitaker who is 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 very comfortable in a boxing ring, very comfortable at the level he's currently boxing at, and almost almost a bit bored, you know. And and I'm looking forward to seeing Ben Whitaker fully concentrated, doing a little bit of flashy skills in the ring, but ultimately 
you know, having to sort of get the job done. And I, I think there's a lot more to come from Ben Whitaker. I, um, I think um, Ben Whitaker, along with Galau Yafai, are, are the next two British lads who are going to hit it in Vegas and New York. Um, I think they've both got... Galau's a little bit more subdued when it comes to sort of, um, you know, the persona. Uh, but it's a great mix that we've got there. Two, two um, you know, Olympic medalists, uh, fantastic amateur pedigree, got a bit of time on their side, more so Ben. Um yeah, I can see Ben Whitaker in Vegas um, sticking it on American, you know, elite like heavyweights or cruisers wherever he's at about yeah. his career. Well, you listen, can just see it, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and as we always say on this podcast, Rob, we've said it many a times. It's entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? The pro course, game yeah. is entertainment, and uh, long may that continue. Now, sport to song listeners, there's a big fight coming up on the fifteenth. Not a big fight, a big night of boxing on the fifteenth in Newcastle. We are now going to go and chat to Troy Williamson, who is back in a boxing ring. Let's go. Right, Spork to Song listeners, this next part of the podcast, we are talking to super welterweight Troy Williamson. Troy, welcome back to the podcast. How have you been? Yes, I'm all good, mate. Just uh, enjoying fight week, just counting down the days now till we get, till we get in there. Yeah, yeah a long be... time coming as well, my ad. Yeah, seven months. Been uh, way too long. Yeah, well, it seems like longer than that, um, Troy. But it must be great uh, with having the prospect of getting those, you know, little gloves back on and getting between the ropes. It's it's almost what you need, isn't it, just to get back boxing again? Yeah, definitely. I just want obviously I like to be active, so hopefully get this one out of the way and come through it comfortable, and then get back out before the end of the year. Yeah. And it's not through the want to try and either, Troy. We've constantly seen you on socials trying to get a fight here and there. Um, you know, can you explain to the people listening um, how difficult it's been to, to get an opponent the last few months? Yeah, it's been difficult because obviously we've had opponents mentioned in the fell through. We've had uh, dates that have been mentioned there fell through. So obviously it's, it's been a frustrating time, but we've got a date, we've got an opponent and it's all locked in, ready to go and then push on from here. Brilliant. Yeah, nice one, Troy. And um, it, you come across as being the type of boxer that that likes that sort of momentum. You know, you like the fights coming one after another. It sort of suits your style, doesn't it, Troy? That sort of that pressure fighting, getting fit, getting that ring ring rust off. So it, for you, it must be great sort of moving forward with with this fight. And then, like you said, getting out later on in the year. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, an active fight is a happy fighter. Everybody wants to be active. You're the only way to get paid, so... I'd just, just like to keep a bit of momentum, get a good win on Saturday and then push on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Troy, what I was going to say was, um, you know, c- coming off the back of the Josh Kelly fight, is, is there been anything you've been doing different in the gym or are we going to see a rejuvenated sort of Troy Williamson? What, what's been the plan sort of leading up to this this next fight? You're just going to see a rejuvenated Troy, like you said. Obviously, I'm coming back fresher than ever. I've had, I've just previously had a surgery on my elbow, so... I can use my arm now, which is just obviously yeah. the confidence is through the roof now that I can use both arms. So, yeah, you're going to see a better version of myself on obviously on Saturday and then I'll showcase that when I when I step up in levels again. Brilliant. Um, just going back to the, the Josh Kelly fight, um, obviously didn't go away your way on the night, Troy. Um, you know, but just has settled uh, for a long, long while now. You know, what are your reflections on that, what you've learned from it and what you're going to take into the next fight from that? Um... Win uh, next time out, really. There's nothing obviously the full camp went perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I, I had no excuses. There was a few, obviously, like you say, obviously, I needed my elbow sort on, but uh, 
apart from that, obviously the better man won on, on the night, so I can't take it away from him. He, he, he turned up. Yeah, um, Troy. I've I've recently I, I sort of watched the fight back a little bit, and you did have success in the fight um, against Josh Josh Kelly. It was just it seemed that it was just one of those nights where he sort of seemed to turn up and, and, and do the business. But um, are you looking forward now at the super welterweight division? Is it something that you want to sort of climb back in this division, or are you sort of looking at other options? What's what's the sort of plan moving forward? Now, there's been big fights mentioned at super welter, so and I can make super welter, so. Uh, that's not an issue. It's just obviously I'm doing boxing at middleweight for this one, and then obviously I, I look looking to get back on the one five four. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and um, mentioning I've seen a bit of a to and fro on uh, socials the last couple of days. I know it's fight week, but um, uh, with uh, Mister Agiarco, um, you know, how did that all come about, and um, you know, where are we at with that at the minute? It wasn't me that obviously it wasn't me that mentioned that called for that. Obviously, Eddie Earn. Yeah, I've seen Eddie Earn uh, mention it and saying that he would like that fight. So, um, yeah, I'd love that fight. But from as far as far as I'm away, he's he's turned that fight down already once. So, mm. um, yeah, hopefully we can get it sorted and get it over the line. But obviously, like you say, me fully me full focus on Saturday night. Get that, of course, yeah. And yeah, obviously, I welcome Agiago, and I do believe on the night. I, I think I'll take him out. Come on. Yeah, fantastic. And um, Troy, you mentioned Saturday night. Obviously, it's going to be great uh, to see you back in a boxing ring, back and fighting, like you said, an active fighter is a happy fighter. Um, this opponent coming up you've got on Saturday, do you know much about him going into it? And how did the middleweight um, fight come about? Is that just circumstantial? Yeah, he's, he's good. He's going to come and have a go. He's durable. Um, started his career, obviously, I think he had 13 wins out of 15 fights, one loss, one draw, and then just that just went went on the road in 2019, so he definitely knows where about, about the ring. Obviously, you got to be switched on. You can't be taking them lightly, otherwise he's, he'll be there causing upset. But obviously, I won't be taking them lightly, and I'm I'll be turning up on the night and hopefully get him out of there. Yeah, it's it's it. I was having a look at his um his boxer record, you know, a pretty standard stuff research wise. But um, you know, I noticed he'd been in with a uh, Kanzu at, at featherweight a few years ago. I mean, that's some swing, isn't it, from featherweight up to you know fighting yourself at um you know the weight on Saturday. Have yeah. you ever fought anyone who sort of fluctuated between the weights so so much before? Well, he, he boxed three weeks ago at super middleweight. Um, yeah. Oh so yeah. Uh, yeah, I have obviously, and again, it was an, an, another Nicky Aguian. Uh, yeah. I think in me far fight, he was up and down and weight. So the most, uh, the most enjoy the food over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, Troy. Um, th- th- there's names pinging around all over the place when your name's mentioned. I- is it a case uh, for you? Like we've we've spoken about momentum, but sort of getting back that British title is that something that would be, be on your mind? Or you know, fights with. Eggington, there's been Jack McGann's pinging all over the place. Are these fights you'd sort of welcome? Yeah, I welcome any of them and I'll beat all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I must say, Sam Eggington, Troy Williamson is, is <laughs> that's some fight, isn't it, to market? I mean, is that something that you'd be happy to take on as well? Yeah, 100%. I said, I said, I said, I said, I think it was last year. I think Sam Eggington's a, he's a punch bag. And I've obviously had no disrespect. He, he's a very good fight and he's boxed at a very high level, but. I think his uh, his sort of boxer style suited to me, and I think I'll knock him clean out. I th- I think it would be a brilliant fight while it lasted, though, Troy. Um, I think you definitely need to get your bow tie out for the fight of the year uh, contender. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the year, because um, I, I mean, neither of you are in boring fights, are you? 
No, like you say, obviously it's a very fun friendly uh, fight where you know exactly what to expect. He's not going to be running about and I'm not going to be running about. We're going to meet in the middle and I made the best moment. Hopefully we can get it. That, that's our fight's been mentioned as well, so hopefully that, that one of these fights can get sorted. Yeah, do you reckon, have you heard much about um, what's happening with, with Josh Kelly and the, the British belt? Do you think he's going to end up vacating it and, and moving on and freeing that up? I'm not sure, I've not heard nothing there. No, no, okay. Listen, Troy, it's always um, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and speak to you. You are undoubtedly one of the uh, most exciting British boxers out there. Um, any sort of um, any sort of messages for the fans or, or what to expect uh, for the rest of the year from Troy Williamson? I just want to thank everyone that's bought tickets, all my sponsors that have supported me from me through my career. Uh, expecting a, a dominant dominated performance on Saturday night. Yeah, and Troy, I've got I've got one question before we let you go. How's the merch going? Yeah, very well. Uh, putting the board in, I should be collecting it tomorrow. Uh, I think I only put it in about 10, 10, 12 days ago, and I think we sold about forty-three t-shirts. Brilliant. We'll we'll put a link um link out with the pod as well. So if uh, if anyone's interested in getting a getting yourself a, a Trojan t-shirt, yeah, for twenty bucks, can't go wrong. Listen, Troy, what I want to say is uh, all the best uh, for Saturday night. I'm sure you're going to come, come through with flying colours. And I can't, can't wait to watch you uh, go on and push, um, obviously, domestic and into other sort of ventures as well. So all the best, Troy. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, Troy. Go well, mate. Cheers, lad. Cheers, Troy. Right, Sport D Song listeners, myself and Rob did promise you a Twitter part of the podcast. And we've been very busy on Twitter and we've put out a nice poll this week looking at boxing trilogies. What a fantastic subject, uh, Rob. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we, we, um, we put out um, the, the question yet, uh, a couple of days ago on Twitter just to sort of get a you know as many feet, as many answers as we could to to put out on this. So um, you know, thank you so much to everyone who's um, who's commented, shared it. Um, some of them are funnier than others. Some are serious answers, some less. So. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, before we sort of go into them, um, what what's your favourite trilogy, mate? Oh, straight in at the deep end. I like it, Rob. Um, I, I, do you know what? I, ha- I had to really sort of have a a good think about this, but then I thought to myself, it's probably not the best way to get too intricate you just got to look at what fights you enjoyed the most um for me personally it was what trilogy sort of worked in terms of um you know all them all piecing together almost like a bit of a like a narrative like a movie and for me there's no better trilogy to piece together that sort of movie aspect than uh Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward I think it um I think it sort of captures the sort of uh, you know the, the the essence of boxing trilogies. Um, I think you've got the intrigue of not knowing how the fight's going to go. You had the the very sort of skillful Gatti against this lion heart of uh, of Mickey Ward, and I think you know the styles merged so nicely together. The fights were entertaining. They were on a knife edge at times. I just think it. I think it works as a trilogy, Rob. I, I don't see. Um, I don't see why anyone would disagree with everything you just said. To be honest, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, there's you not much. You can't. You're not sure how it would go. I mean, you could barely um, predict how each round was going to go, right? 
exactly. And you've got that over a, you know, a, a spanning over a period of time. Um, you've got it spanning over, I can't remember how many years were, were apart between that fight, but... Um, Only a couple. Yeah, and, and, and they sort of came back at the end and did it one more time. They did the, the one more dance. And I, I just think if, if you, we're talking about styles merging, we're talking about, like, like we said just now, you know, the sort of unpredictability of even rounds, you know. Yeah, I just think it had it all. Um, it looked good as well. I think we've, it sounds crazy, but, you know, it's in America. It had that sort of big fight feel to it. It's just, I, I think it just, you know, um, I think it just gives over that sort of great raw appeal of boxing, really. You know, the, yeah. the, the bright lights, the colours and, and action. So yeah, there we go. Get, absolutely, get, mate. Gatty, um, Gatty Ward for me, it, it, and, and based on those principles. How about yourself, Rob? Who have you gone for? Um, I mean, just quickly, one point you made there about, you know, it was like a movie. I mean, they've literally made a movie based on Mickey Ward, haven't they? Um, yeah. And uh, they've even brought out a book. Um, I can't remember the the name of it now i'll post it later but um, they brought out a book uh, last year based on the trilogy as well but you might oh, be fantastic oh that sounds um, great yeah i mean uh i had a look it's about 30 quid at the minute as well for a paperback so um it's obviously highly sought after yeah. um but yeah brilliant um i i knew you were going to go with gatty war because of our sort of private conversation on this <laughs> so so i i would have gone the same if i'm honest but I, I thought i'd pick something different just just because um and i went with the again pretty cliche but um barrera morales yes. um uh again for only i think it was 2000 2002 and 2004 so you know pretty quick turnaround um it was just the hatred for me um the quality <laughs> was there because they could both stand and trade which they did on and off through the whole uh, trilogy um they um they could box um uh, you know the, the skills were there as skills well was there, yeah. um, but they were just from such different backgrounds um you know one from a much more humble um, you know, dare I say, poor beginning. Um, the other less so, and um, and I think there was a lot of animosity, and um, even within the fan bases, you know, it, it was you were either one or the other. It was um, it was quite tribal, um, yeah, and yeah. and that resulted in just an unbelievable trilogy, and it's even even to the point where I'm just talking about I want to go and watch it tonight. Yeah, I, I, do you <laughs> um, know what, Rob, I I, I so, can't. Yeah, I I've got it written down here as well. It's one that I was definitely considering because it's just. Again, you know, I mentioned with, with Gatti Ward that you get all the elements of boxing in it. You just can't ask for any more in the trilogy you've chosen, can you? It's just, no. it's just, it's just an absolute joy. And I, I think both, um, both the trilogies we've chosen fit that category of, uh, you know, almost being able to be made into a movie. They, they're sort of seamless, aren't they? Yeah. You could watch them one after the other, and not, you know, the commentary as well, and. Um the pops of the crowd it all it's just all a big recipe isn't it for an amazing trilogy um so should we go through um some of the answers that we got absolutely now uh sport this song um listeners uh just before rob does just want to say a big thank you to getting involved with the poll and uh, comments and engagement on twitter it's you know we, we always love it it's great fun but um yeah thanks for getting involved in this poll rob hit me with some of the uh some of the comments we've had. Yeah, so um, a man that came up earlier, actually, Dev Sarney. Um, oh, yeah. He, unsurprisingly, went for Tyson Fury um, oh, against... Uh, no, not necessarily as his favourite. He said Fury v. Wilder was pretty epic. I was there for the third one, and it was unforgettable. And that third fight was um, so topsy-turvy. It was it was a great trilogy, actually. Um, and not many heavyweight trilogies get, get a nod nowadays, do they? No. and um, Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think 
you can't knock that trilogy as 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 a modern a modern great trilogy because it it's it had the drama it definitely had the intrigue you know you had Tyson Fury the big heavyweight boxer and then you had this punching machine in Deontay Wilder so th there was enough in there wasn't there for it to yeah. be intriguing wasn't it and um, yeah. I I think as a, as as a trilogy as well I think it worked quite well I think it yeah. you, you had the draw in the first fight you had the controversial um, middle fight and then you had the sort of almost sort of you know defining moment in the third so uh, yeah i can uh, it's, it's a good shout from uh dead i think in between the um the three fights i think tyson fury got knocked down like four or five times in in that um trilogy as well and didn't come out with it with a single loss and you know um <laughs> I, I know i bash fury a lot for the stuff outside the ring but that's incredible isn't it yeah it is incredible and um you, you know yeah I, I know we've said a lot about fury on the podcast today but just just Rolling quickly back to, to Fury, you know, we talk about resumes with him a lot, but, you know, beating or certainly beating Wilder in those those two fights was no mean feat. And also, you've got to remember, he he, he did beat Klitschko in Germany as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we bash Fury a little bit, but, you know, he's 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 not done too bad, has he? But um, it's, yeah. it's a great shout from Dev Sarni. Great yeah. shout. Brilliant. Um, Kyle Rafferty, um, I think Pacquiao v Marquez is possibly the best. Um, granted, they had four fights, but for the first three, sorry, but the first three uh, were toe-to-toe -to -toe wars. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, that some, <laughs> someone put, where's the Fury Ch uh, Chisora trilogy, Rob? Um, wow. Again, Fury Chisora simply just couldn't be beaten. Um, <laughs> thank you to weighing in and Joe Willett for those, um, I think, sarcastic comments. Um <laughs> Uh, another vote for Barrera Morales from Rob Colom, Col Colcom, sorry. Um, uh, Golden Bull Rush, uh, Gatti v. Ward and Barrera v. Morales, who is on the same page as us. Um, just unbelievable, brutal punishment these guys can take and come back stronger. Just really good fighters. Um, again, a couple more votes here for Barrera Marquez. Uh, sorry, Barrera Marquez, Barrera Morales, um, uh, James Tony McCullum. Uh, Marara's Barrera by Freddie Brown. Um, Vasquez and Marquez got um, quite a few votes, but people were a bit hesitant because they had four fights and they wanted to include yeah, it. But I see what, I'll, I see I'll, I'll let them off. Yeah, I'll let them off that. Um, what, what, you know, that, that some of the ones, um, or certainly one I want to mention is um, Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Roberto Duran because that, 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 that was close to being my selection. Um, it's a weird trilogy, isn't it? Um, yeah, because because it, it didn't it span eras, didn't it? Yeah, and you got three different versions of Duran as well. Um, you know, the first one, amazing victory to give Sugar Ray's first loss. Second one was the no mass fight, where um, you know, it, based on you know current the current world we live in and mental health and stuff like that. Back then, I mean, if a fighter now turned away and said, no, no, I just can't do this anymore, I think there'd be much more of the um, people getting around them and, and checking that someone's okay, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe not on Twitter, but um, Roberta Duran was vilified. And I mean, the no mass mythology has continued to this day, hasn't it? It has, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the third fight, Duran was done. Uh, yeah. Absolutely done. I so. And, and and I think we go back to the original point, Rob, about these trilogies needing to be almost like a like a, like a movie, you know, and a sort of seamless, like you rightly said, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. It, it, it was so disjointed, wasn't it? But um, it was still entertaining to watch mm. a, a boxer like Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran go toe to toe is just 
something to fascinate about the first anyway. Fight was unbelievable. Just, yeah, no, it was. Um want some more? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so um Enzo Macronelli came on. Um okay. I think he spent longer on this uh, tweet than he did on our show when we couldn't get him on for <laughs> signal. So um he put Bowen Holyfield was great as were the first three Va- um, Vasquez and Marquez fights again. So um, quite a few votes here for, for Bo and Holyfield. Um, I am Stephen, um, Bo versus Holyfield again. Um, that's the only other heavyweight trilogy, I think, that got mentioned on there. Um, I think Arlene Norton might have got one one mention. Um, Dave Brooks has gone with Ward v. Gatti. Um, King Cobra, Vasquez v. Marquez. Um, Barrera v. Morales by Sked. Uh, let me just tap on more. Yeah, um, Bo, and Bo then Holyfield the two final, B- Baker Boy went, sorry? Yeah, Bo Holyfield did get a lot of mentions, didn't it? I think yeah, Ra, it did, it did. Hocum, um, it got uh, more than Fury um, uh, Wilder, to be fair. So I think, I think um, Ra Hokum brought that one up as well, didn't he? Yeah, a, he did. A lot of he love did. For, yeah. um, Barrera Morales by Baker Boy and Gatti Ward by uh, Paul Hudster. Um, so again, not too many different um, answers there, but... Uh, so, it's it's hard when everyone's got similar favourites, I guess. But um, thank yeah. you to everyone that got, that got involved with that, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll put something out similar for the next part. Absolutely, no, it's a lot of fun, Rob, and it strikes up a good bit of conversation. Now, anything uh, before we sign off for the podcast? We had a bit of a rant at the beginning of the podcast with uh, Tyson Fury and Aganyu, but it's um, it's becoming a little bit of a uh, a thing in boxing now, isn't it? Where people are just trying to get that extra buck out of boxing. We've seen uh-huh. it with misfits. We're sort of sadly seeing it uh, with um, sanctions like the WBC, sort of almost happy for this belt to not be contested. Not to sign off on a negative. Uh, I'll tell have... you something good. Go on, Rob. Mate, we've got the best calendar we've ever had. Um, you know, look at the fights we've already had this year. Um, you know, some fantastic fights, some massive fights. As in, you know, look at Davis Garcia. You've got Errol Spence against Terence Crawford this month. No one seems to be talking about that. They've been asking for it for five, six yeah. years. Um, yeah. You've got a new way Fulton. Um, and bigger than anything, Liam Davis v. Jason Cunningham. Exactly. Um, I, was just, I was actually going to say that. Oh, Liam Davis, sorry, mate. I should have teed you off. <laughs> yeah, Liam Davis versus Jason Cunningham. I cannot wait for that. That's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But listen, Sport to Song listeners, it's been an absolute pleasure as usual. And uh, myself and Rob will catch you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Take care.